Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Imagine being in the woods at night, coming around a bend and finding standing in front of you a beast that is half goat and half man. This would be the legendary Goat Man. Now there are several legends in the United States that have to do with Goat Men. Maryland, Kentucky, and Wisconsin, naming just a few states, have various legends of these creatures. Maryland's Goat Man of Prince George's County is one of the most famous. The Kentucky Goat Man really seems to get around because sightings have been made throughout that state. And just to mention one more state, Wisconsin's Goatman legend actually goes back to the mid-1800s. But the Goatman we're going to be talking about tonight is the legendary Lake Worth monster, also known as the Texas Goatman. Now, in truth, there is another Texas Goatman legend. It has to do with a vengeful spirit and a haunted bridge. And perhaps we'll get into that story sometime down the road. Now, Lake Worth is a recreational area. It's located about 20 minutes northwest of downtown Fort Worth, Texas. It's an area that people go out to enjoy from an outdoor wilderness perspective. Uh, The lake is a fairly large lake and is formed from the Trinity River. Our story begins in the summer of 1969. So let's start our look into the Texas Goatman. In the summer of 1969, police around Lake Worth, Texas, began receiving calls about a strange creature. The creature appeared very large and threatening. And they really didn't take it too seriously, just sort of writing that off to pranks. Our story starts on the night of July 9th, 1969. Back then, it was not uncommon for groups of teenagers to hop into cars and head out to the lake for some fun. On this particular night, there was a group of three couples, and they were parked in a clearing. In their statement, they said around midnight, some kind of a beast leapt onto their car from the trees above. Now, that's pretty scary. And if I was in that car, I wouldn't care what kind of beast it was, whether it was a, a monkey or, or a dog or anything, that would be, uh, I'd be jumping out of my skin. So the monster actually tries to grab one of the women, and of course, the guy who's driving just hits it, and they go speeding off. And they actually careen into a, a tree, And that was the point where the teenagers said that the creature came off of the car and took off into the local woods. So they hightail it to the police, and the police reports state that they were in extreme fear. 
very upset. Uh, there was also apparently a 18-inch gash in the car. Now, we don't know if the creature made that. Uh, that was the supposition at the time, that it was the creature clawing at the car or something of that nature. But remember, they did hit a tree, so we don't know that for sure. What we do know is that the police now start to take this thing pretty seriously. And they start going out, making patrols, checking in on what's going out at the lake in the evenings. Unfortunately, the local newspaper picks this thing up, and they run with the story. And now the whole area has monster fever. The next evening, truckloads of men with guns are heading out to the Greer Island portion of Lake Worth trying to hunt this thing down. And spectators are coming out of the woodwork trying to see a monster, obviously. And reporters start swarming in there. And the police are going crazy, right? They're trying to keep the peace. They've got a bunch of people running around with loaded guns. uh, And they're really concerned for everybody's safety. Rick Pratt, who is the director of the Greer Island Nature Center at that time, he remembers people going out there with wine and whiskey, beer, just having a blast trying to find or hunt down this creature. Now, also on July 10th, and remember, this is just the very next night from the incident with the three couples. This is where things really get interesting, folks. We have a few dozen people, and they're in a clearing by this place that's known kind of as a dumping ground by the lake, when all of a sudden, the monster, the goat man, makes his appearance. And this, when you, when you hear about this, this tale, this is the one part that really is trumpeted, that really is talked about. And it, it is startling on the face of it. So here's what it is. You've got three dozen people or so. You're looking at, what, somewhere around 35 to 50 people down there. All of a sudden, up on the top of this area, this dump area, this goat man appears. So this thing is standing up at the top of this dumping area on sort of a cliff, and it lets out this horrifying, pitiful cry. Like somebody described it as like something was hurting it, and it looks angry. I mean, this thing is seriously pissed off. Now, I... Who knows? I don't know why. Maybe it was because of all the people invading its space. I mean, that that's a sizable group down at the bottom of this this hill or cliff. And it looks really angry. Okay, it's, it's mad. And so it grabs a tire. Now get this. It grabs a tire, a large car or truck tire. Somebody even described it as still having the, the inner wheel piece to it. Uh, so it's not just like a like an inner tube. It grabs it and by the accounts of the witnesses throws it some 500 feet through the air. And so now you've got a goat man who uh, I guess is kind of superhuman. I mean, that's a heck of a throw. It scares everybody down below, including a group of sheriff deputies. They even run away from this thing. So that's the, that's the seminal event for for this goat man legend in Lake Worth. That that one particular aspect of it is is pretty big. 
Now, we're going to touch on a couple of other sightings of this thing because I think they're, they're very relevant to what maybe was seen. In October of 1969, a man named Alan Plaster took a supposed photo of the creature. It is the only known photo of the Texas goat man. It shows a whitish, furry, blurred kind of object. And we'll post a picture of that on the Facebook page so you get a chance to see it. Drop on by the Facebook page, if you will. Um, the other sighting that's a little strange, and I really want you to listen to the description of the creature. In fact, maybe it's best if we go back a little bit and give you what most of the people around Lake Worth were saying about what the creature looked like. So some physical attributes, if you will. Jim Stevens was out looking for the creature with two friends of his when it jumped onto the hood of his Ford Mustang. This thing really has a, a bad habit of jumping onto people's cars, I guess. Anyway, he described the creature as being very tall. He said, I'm six feet four, and this thing was a lot taller than I am. I would guess that it was probably seven feet tall, maybe more. Stevens estimated that it probably did about two to $300 worth of damage to his vehicle. That description is representative of most people's account of the size of the creature. The goat man was generally stated to be somewhere between three to 500 pounds and easily seven feet tall. There was also a curious description of fish-like scales on it. Um, perhaps that's matting in the hair. It was said to be extremely hairy. And by the way, uh, this is not your typical satan goat with large curling horns on its head the horns were described as small nubs so let's go to the last description of a sighting and i want you to pay attention to the physical description that this individual gives toward the end of this incident so charles buchanan a local engineer has been spending the day out at lake worth fishing out by Greer Island Nature Center. And that's an area where the monster has been seen before. He's not really thinking about that. He's just tired. So he crawls into the bed of his pickup truck, gets into his sleeping bag, and falls asleep. He wakes up at about 2 o'clock in the morning because his pickup is being tilted. Tilted. Something is lifting it. He said, at first I thought it was an earthquake. But this isn't an earthquake. All of a sudden, this hairy beast heaves itself up over the side of the truck into the bed, picks up Buchanan's sleeping bag and all, and then drops him back into the bed of the truck. Buchanan said he was almost overcome by the stench coming off this thing. So what does he do? Well, he says the only thing he could think of was to grab the barbecued chicken that he had. He had bought this uh, earlier, and so he takes it, bag and all, and just chucks it at the creature's head. And Buchanan goes on to say that the creature takes the chicken in its mouth, starts making guttural noises, takes off and runs through the trees, slaps through the water, apparently on its way out to Greer Island. 
So I think one thing that's apparent from this story is that the goat man likes chicken. So here we get to Buchanan's description. He describes the creature as about seven and a half feet tall. He estimates its weight somewhere between 700 and 1,000 pounds. That's, that's pretty big. He states that it's covered with hair, even the face. And in its general appearance, he says it looks kind of like a human crossed with a gorilla or an ape. He then jumps into his pickup truck to get the heck out of there. But before he does, he looks down and sees a large footprint. He says the footprint looks like a human footprint, but it's about 18 inches long. Now, I don't want to be snarky or anything, but that doesn't sound like a goat man to me. Sounds like Bigfoot, doesn't it? I mean, that's a pretty good Bigfoot description. And the footprint, I mean, if it's Goatman, I would, I would not expect a footprint. I'd be expecting a hoof print. So there's one more item that I want to get to before we start to analyze this thing. It has to do with a woman author who wrote a book about the Texas Goatman. So let's look into that just a little bit. Sally Ann Clark wrote a book called The Lake Worth Monster of Greer Island, Fort Worth, Texas. It featured a picture of Greer Island and the follow ominous warning. And I want to I do this right because I, I, I want this to really be ominous. Somewhere deep in the thick underbrush, the Lake Worth Monster hides. What he could write about the people that chased, followed, tracked, and shot him may be as interesting at what the people have said and written about him. Okay, I hope that was ominous enough. Clark, who died in 2009, interviewed more witnesses to the monster. Uh, she had five people claiming they saw the monster break the limb of an oak tree, and she uh, had a nice picture in the book showing a thick limb snapped like a toothpick. She had another individual claim that the monster was real big and human-like, but with burn scars all over its face and chest. Clark wrote the book in sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of fashion, and in much later years, she stated she always regretted the way she wrote the book, and that's primarily because she saw the monster on three occasions after she wrote the book and said that she would have taken a lot more serious angle on it if she had written it after her own sightings. So that's the story of the Texas Goatman. Let's take a look at this a little more closely, however, and try to do a little bit of analysis. First off, you've got a situation that very quickly escalates into almost a panic. You have sightings going on. You have people running out there. You have the possibility of kids pranking by dressing up in a suit. And let me just state this for the record. If you're going to go out in a wilderness area as a monster and dress up in a suit, Texas is probably not a good place to do that. Everybody is armed. And uh, as you heard in the account, I mean, people were going out there loaded up in trucks and cars uh, loaded with... Uh, <laughs> loaded with weapons and drinking whiskey. So uh, not, a, not a smart idea 
to be dressing up, especially after the panic starts setting in, to go out there dressed up in some kind of a suit and try to scare people. One of the other interesting, I guess you could call it a coincidence, is that the sightings die down to almost nothing as soon as school starts back. And what does that suggest? Yeah, it kind of suggests that that maybe college and high school kids are out there doing running some pranks and things. And and when school starts, uh, you know, playtime's over, they got to they got to get back into the books and so they're not out there running around. And there's nobody going out there on the on the weeknights anyway because everybody's back in school. So let's take a look at the the two incidences where we had a creature jump onto a car. I got to tell you, even back in the 1960s with with good, strong, American-made cars running around on the roads, if there's a creature that's somewhere between 700 and 1,000 pounds and it jumps out of a tree onto your car, that hood is going to be really dented. I mean, that's a lot of weight crashing down on top of something. And we didn't really, although we did have the statement that there was some damage about $200 worth of damage to one of the cars. The other one really didn't say anything about any damage to the hood. It was just a a long 18-inch gash on the side of the vehicle. What about the infamous photo taken by Alan Plaster of the Goat Man? The only one that was ever taken that we know of. Well, he was interviewed back in 2006, and he said he wasn't buying the monster story anymore. This is what he said. Looking back, I realized that When we drove by, it stood up. Whatever it was, I believe it wanted to be seen. That's a prank. That was somebody out there waiting for people to drive by. I don't think an animal would have acted that way. And when you start digging into some of the uh, newspaper articles and some of the stories that reporters later did, you start to find some holes in some of these stories. In 2005, a reporter at the Star-Telegram, Fort Worth, received a handwritten letter with no name or forwarding address, and this is what it stated. One weekend, myself and two friends from Northside High School decided to go out to Lake Worth and scare people on the roads where there were always stories of monsters and creatures who would attack Parkers. The writer claimed to have used tinfoil to make a homemade mask to scare a car full of of girls. When the friends were finished, they went to a Dairy Queen on the north side. The individual states, I had a Coke float and the goat man had a parfait. The goat man turns 55 this summer and resides a peaceful life in the hills outside of Joshua. It was also reported in the newspaper in 1989 that police questioned several Castleberry students who were found with a faceless gorilla outfit and a mask. KDFW, a Fox-owned television station in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, did a lengthy report in November of 1999 about the Lake Worth monster. And the report announced that some high school students admitted to police at the time that they had pranked people by dressing up in a gorilla suit and parading around the lake in 1969. The magazine Fort Worth, Texas, reported in 2009 that an individual known only as Vincent's admitted being involved in the infamous 
tire throwing incident. He said the tire went airborne only because it hit a bump after they were rolling it. And he had no interest in naming more names or publicly taking credit or blame. Apparently, the tire hit a rock as it rolled down the hill, which caused it to go airborne and absolutely freaked out the people that were down below. You know, I'll tell you, I'm not a skeptic. I do believe in the paranormal. I do believe that UFOs are sighted. I'm not quite sure yet what they are, but they're there. And I believe that there's a lot of strange things out there in the world that we just don't know. Having said that, I also try not to be someone who just takes things at face value without questioning them. And I have some problems with the Texas Goat Man. In my mind, it just doesn't quite get there for me. When you look at, could there be some creature running around out there in 1969? Yes, it's possible. Is it more likely, however, that most of these sightings, if not all of them, were instances of high school kids or other people trying to prank folks with gorilla masks or, or homemade outfits of some kind? You're definitely going to be scaring people if you jump out of a tree dressed in a gorilla suit. Now, you may get a ride on the hood of that car that you didn't bargain for, but job well accomplished. In addition, I'm not a real big believer in coincidences, and it is coincidental that as soon as school starts in the area, the sightings drop to almost nothing. And we're talking about in the span of just a couple of months. The other thing that bothers me a little bit that's in a similar vein is where did it go? Where did the creature go? After 1969, we really don't hear much. A couple of sightings here and there, and then within just no time at all, it just goes dead. We don't have sightings in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or the 2000s. We have interest. The story is still a great story. It's fun to retell it. But we don't have sightings, and that doesn't quite ring true for me either. So don't get me wrong. I love the story of the Texas Goat Man. Love the idea of this half goat, half man picking up a tire and hurling it 500 feet at a crowd of people and then yelling at the top of its voice with a pitiful and mournful cry. That's almost gothic literature. So sorry, Goat Man, but it's a no for me. And now it's time for the episode quiz. Well, TPFP fans will know that every Tuesday on our Facebook page, what, you haven't been to the Facebook page? Well, you got to go. And that's where all the cool stuff is. So if you go out to the Facebook page and you can do a search on Facebook for the Paranormal Factor podcast, you're going to get content every single day from Monday through Friday. Every day is a little different theme, and there's some really cool stuff out there for you to see and look at. So this week's quiz asks the question, what is the most successful horror movie franchise? And the operable word here is franchise. So we're looking for the whole enchilada here, not just a single film. So the possible answers are A, Halloween, B, 
The Conjuring, C. Saw, or D. Scream. Once more, what is the highest grossing horror film franchise of all time? A. Halloween, B. The Conjuring, C. Saw, or D. Scream. What do you think? And the answer is... The Conjuring, bringing in $2.12 billion. And that includes eight films. And that is the entire franchise. So it's not just the actual The Conjuring films themselves, but also Annabelle and The Nun that comprise that eight-film franchise. The Saw franchise comes in at number five. Halloween comes in at number nine and Scream number ten. But you do have to be a little bit careful when you consider how these things are put together. For example, Halloween comes in ninth, but that's 12 movies. When you look at it, it's only grossing a little over 50 million per picture. What is the most impressive horror film franchise? That's going to be It which is comprised of only two movies, but it makes up a total of $1.17 billion off of two movies. That's pretty good. So there you have the quiz for this week. Check in on the Facebook page on Tuesdays, and we always give the answer on the uh, Friday release of the podcast. And a special shout-out to my good friend Chris Wyman, drummer extraordinaire, for that drum roll that we threw in there. Thanks much, Chris. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>